You are Locked On Cougars. This is your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks for joining us on a Monday edition of the show. Hopefully you guys' weekend was great, notwithstanding BYU football. Suffering another embarrassing loss at USF on Saturday. We'll recap that, some of my takeaways after re-watching the game once again. And also get you some thoughts from the players and coaches from the post-game press conferences. We'll also catch you up on everything else going on in BYU sports. Both the women's volleyball and soccer programs just continuing to roll on. Both dominant teams, top 10 nationally ranked programs, and off to hot starts this season. I guess you can't call it a hot start. They just continue to roll on and get things done. We'll talk about them on today's edition of the show. All brought to you by our title sponsored on this podcast, Deseret First Credit Union, as well as a longtime sponsor, a good friend of ours in All Guard Pest Control. We'll tell you about both of them as the show rolls on. So let's get to it. It. This is Locked On Cougars for October 14th, 2019. What's up, guys? I'm Jay Cash, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. I want to thank you guys once again for downloading this show on a Monday. Hopefully, you guys, this weekend was great, all things considered. Had a great time. I'm celebrating my daughter's third birthday over the weekend. Kind of crazy to think she's three years old, but had a great time doing that myself. But let's get to some BYU football. The Cougars lose in an embarrassing 27-23 fashion at USF. And let's put it this way, BYU social media, talking like online, on Twitter, on Facebook, etc., it is not in a good place right now, and I completely understand it. BYU loses their third straight game to drop to 2-4 and four after they drop a 27-23 game at USF, and if you're upset about this, I don't think you're alone. This was just an embarrassing game. BYU lost a game where the opposing quarterback passed for under 100 yards. That should just tell you everything I think you need to know about this game right off the bat. Uh, Jordan McLeod, the quarterback for USF, 7 of 14 for 72 yards. As compared to BYU, their quarterbacks, Jaron Hall and Baylor Romney, who both played in this game, passed 21 of 33 for 221 yards. BYU as a team outgained USF 439 total yards to 315 total yards. But the most embarrassing number for BYU is the glaring statistic of net yards rushing for USF with 243 yards in this game. They averaged 5.5 yards per carry in this game, and BYU in the second half just got absolutely dominated at the line of scrimmage. I don't know what's going on with BYU's defense, but re-watching the film, it was abysmal. Plain and simple. The left side of BYU's defensive line, guys like Uriah Leatawa, who had actually had a good game against Toledo, J.J. and Wigway, who has shown some flashes at points this season, guys like that on the left side of BYU's defensive line, I'm not just going to st- uh say that the left side of the defensive line was the weak link because the right side in the middle also became quite soft, got absolutely blown off the ball play after play in that second half. And every team that BYU has faced this year 
Watching the film since Utah beat BYU in the season opener has seen BYU in the second half wilt under the pressure of a rushing attack. Teams come into a game thinking, you know what, we are just going to run the ball. Uh, To use the phrase from Remember the Titans, it's like Novocaine, every time it works, or whatever that quote is uh, from Herman Boone, the head coach, and Remember the Titans played by Denzel Washington. It's like Novocaine, every time it works, and it's what BYU is right now. Teams come into these games and they don't rush for a lot of yards in the first half, but in the second half, it's like a bo- it's the body blow theory. If any of you guys listen uh, to college football podcasts nationally or just kind of listen to the parlance of college football, a lot of people talk about body blows, and it's a boxing analogy. Where in boxing, a lot of guys early on in boxing matches will work the body of an opponent to break them down, make them feel weaker in the midsection, where a lot of guys generate their power. As you do that, they lose that power later in the boxing match, you're able to start taking shots to their face as they try and protect their midsection from those blows that you've hit them with repeatedly early on. It's the same thing in a college football game. Rushing attacks, when you're able to run the ball consistently for over five yards per clip like BYU is allowing teams to do roughly right now, I think it's 4.9 yards per carry on average or somewhere near that number, it's absolutely abysmal because teams come into these games and BYU in the first half, yes, they're taking those body blows, those tough running uh, carries from the opposing team and they're shutting it down but in the second half well guess what BYU is getting beat up and to use continue with that boxing analogy all of a sudden they're trying to protect their midsection and try to start taking shots to the head and they start stumbling that's what happened once again in this game to USF and Kalani Sitake who you'll hear from here in just a minute said that we were getting blown off the ball and he says it's something I take I take upon myself and that's another thing that's kind of bugging me about this college, this BYU football program is the lack of communication from the coaches about what they're planning on doing to fix the issue. We have heard from Kalani Satake, me speaking as a media member multiple times in recent weeks, that he said, I'm not going to reveal the game plan or we're working on it. We have to, we have to evaluate that. Kalani Satake, now at 2-4, and four, very much looking like he is going to face a nationally ranked Boise State team this week that BYU opened up somehow was just a 1.5 point underdog at home. That uh, line has already expanded, I believe, to almost six points, if not five and a half points. People were just pouring money in on Boise State, and I completely understand it. BYU is probably going to be looking at two and five with a bye week before going to Utah State, trying to avoid two and six and having to win out to make uh, make it bowl eligible. Kalani Satake, as I tweeted on Saturday, and you can follow me at Jacob C. Hatch. The show is also available on all social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at LockedOnCougars. I tweeted out that after that loss to USF, the public uh, cries for Kalani Satake's job status to be addressed, etc., are only going to get louder from here on out. These last two games against Toledo and South Florida, looking at the math of where BYU was at after those first four games against their Power 5 teams, you thought, okay, you pick up at least one of these games, you're sitting at 3-3 three and three at worst, and then you have to just pick off three more games, and in theory, you should be able to pick off Liberty, UMass, and Idaho State to get yourself to six wins. Well, now you're 2-4, and four, potentially staring 2-6 and six in the face with two of your big rivals coming up in the next two games, and guess what? The public cries for Kalani Satake's job status, like for him to be fired, etc., are only going to get louder from here, is what I tweeted on Saturday, and I still believe that to, the, to this day, to today. 
I'm expecting to hopefully get some answers from Kalani Satake today during media availability. We'll be grilling him pretty hardcore about what he plans to do. I think that he needs to take a, take back over the BYU defense. He needs to get in the get in the game plan more. Uh, Elisa Tuiaki and Ed Lamb, who has a large degree of influence on rotations and whatnot on defense for BYU. That might be some breaking news to some of you that Ed Lamb is that involved, but he is. Kalani needs to get into the film room and get with his defensive coaches and figure out what is going on because BYU cannot still allow teams to rush for over 200 yards and nearly five yards per carry in a game and expect to be bowl eligible this year. It just won't happen. Even teams like UMass, Liberty, and Idaho State are going to be thinking, you know what? BYU wilts in the second half under a heavy run presence. Well, guess what? We're going into that game and we are going to run the ball. I don't, I don't have much specifics in terms of re-watching the game against USF, but I just became so fired up about that inability to stop the run that it's absolutely pathetic that BYU is allowing themselves to get beat the way they are because it's it's demoralizing. Any player that if you can't stop the run and you just can get blown off the ball play after play after play, eventually you just get tired of it and you, you, you give up. You plain and simple, you do give up at some point and you wave the white flag and that's what we've seen against Toledo and South Florida in the second half of those games in the last two games for the Cougars. It's not good enough. It's plain and simple. It's not good enough. And like I said, I'm hoping to get some answers from Kalani Satake, but I'm also not holding my breath that he's going to give us anything because he has been as bottled up as he had as he was in 2017 so far this year. One statistic for you guys, and I saw this from Jeff Hansen uh, on 24/7 Sports Cougar Sports Insider. BYU, in terms of rushing yards allowed through six games now, at sitting at two and six, they have allowed 80 percent of the rushing yards that they allowed in all of last year in 2018 through 13 games in just six games this year. It is an abysmal, abysmal statistic, and BYU, Kalani Satake in particular, if he wants to go down with this ship and allow his coaches to continue to do this, well, guess what? He's going to find himself out of a job before long, and I don't want to see that happen. I like Kalani Satake. I've said it multiple times on this podcast that I have been stumping for him to get a contract extension, but I can't defend it right now. I cannot justify Tom Homo and the rest of the BYU Athletic Department or Athletic Administration giving Kalani Satake a contract extension right now. It just doesn't make sense because he has not been able to correct the simple mistakes he has made in his four years as BYU head coach. He needs to step up to the plate, take more accountability for his program himself, and get in and take over this program. Bronco Mendenhall did it multiple times during his tenure as BYU head coach. Kalani Satake, I know that a lot of people did wanted a different coach, a different approach when it came to making the switch from Bronco to Kalani. Well, guess what? Kalani may want to take a page out of Bronco's playbook and take more ownership of his program before he loses control completely and loses loses his job. There you go. Some of my thoughts on BYU after dropping to two and four in embarrassing fashion at USF. Coming up next, you're going to hear from Kalani Satake. Get his thoughts on the on the game. You can tell he's he's pretty fed up with it, but he also doesn't offer many many answers. We'll get to that here in just a minute. Before we do that, though, do need to take a minute and talk to you today about Deseret First Credit Union. Deseret First Credit Union is the title sponsor of Locked On Cougars, and they're asking right now, what is your why? Whatever it might be. 
Maybe have you thought about refinancing your home loan to save some money and help fund your passion project? Refinancing doesn't have to be hard or even cost you anything, guys. The DFCU Mortgage Team is here to help you in whatever financial situation you find yourself in. What they want to do is help you save money and make sure that you get a low interest rate because they're crazy low right now. We're having interest rates sitting in the mid threes right now close to the historic lows that we've ever seen for home loans. It's a great time to check it out. With a no-cost refinancing from Deseret First Credit Union, you can get locked into a low rate for absolutely nothing and potentially save up to hundreds of dollars a month. The DFCU Mortgage Team will work with you to find the right loan for your financial situation. Whether you're a first-time home buyer, you've got investment properties, you're looking to find the home that you're going to spend the rest of your life in, regardless of what you're looking for, the DFCU Mortgage Team can help you find the right loan for your financial situation. Call them, 801-456-7070. Once again, 801-456-7070. Or visit dfcu.com to apply in five minutes or less. Deseret First Credit Union, you know why, we show how. Membership and eligibility required, OAC. Terms and conditions apply, equal housing lender. Going to get to Kalani Satake's post-game comments after the loss to USF here in just a moment. One thing to note is you're going to hear him talk a lot about the fact that BYU outgained USF, ran more plays than USF, had their failings in the red zone. Well, the red zone issues are absolutely a critical, critical issue. Jaron Hall was lost in this game after hitting his head on the turf. He was evaluated for concussion-like uh, symptoms. Uh, Kalani Satake didn't have an update on him after the game. You'll also hear him address that here in just a moment. But the red zone woes, BYU needs to figure out what they're doing. You need to get seven points, not three. They've been settling for field goals for far too long. There are some eerily uh, similar issues for the BYU offense inside the red zone as they faced under Robert Anai with Bronco Mendenhall and also even under Ty Detmer when he was the offensive coordinator for BYU during the first two years of Kalani Satake's head coaching tenure. They have got to figure something out. Whether that's uh, changing up how you go about attacking the red zone or you you just decide, you know what, we need to play bully ball, go in the I formation, single back sets under center, and just ram it down people's throat. You got to figure something out. So, before uh, I just wanted to get that out of the way, that you're going to hear him talk about the red zone woes as well as the rushing uh, defense issues here in this in these comments. So let's get to it. Kalani Sitake after BYU loses 27 to 23 at South Florida. Obviously, very disappointed in the outcome of the game and the result, and uh, you know, we got. Have some things to address and improve on from this week to, to next week when we play a ranked team, you know, coming to home. So uh, take any questions that you guys have for us, have for me. Yeah, I had to go watch the film, but it looked like we we're getting knocked off the line of scrimmage, you know, and they're knocking us off the ball and, and getting, getting chunk yardage and, you give them credit because they they were able to move the line of scrimmage, and you know we felt like we had a good, had it pretty sound up in the first half, you know, and uh, fell apart. And so uh, guys not holding the ground and guys getting knocked off the ball, it became a fight. And I think they beat us in the second half, and we were able to get some yards. And it didn't help that we made a lot of mistakes. And it was all three phases, you know. But defensively, we talked about stopping the run. That was the key. And uh, we weren't able to do that, you know, especially in the second half when it mattered the most. And that's what gave them opportunity to score points. Your defensive background and, you know, just your history, how frustrating is it to know what a team wants to do? Yep, very frustrating. And so I'm I'm really, really frustrated right now about that. So, um, yeah, I'm 
once again, evaluate everything, and, and this is not the type of defense that, that, uh, that I expect from our guys and from our staff. And so it has to be a huge area of improvement. I thought it was supposed to be from last week, from last game to now. So that's, that's something that obviously I have to be really on top of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, Diane wasn't wasn't healthy. wasn't able to go. We're hoping that with the week off after the Toledo game that he would be able to to go. But he's a game time decision, and uh, just didn't feel right. And so um, we didn't want to put him in harm's way. I think he wanted to be in the game, but um, you know we're always going to lean on our on our training staff and make the right decision. And that's that was the reason why he wasn't in the game. Yeah, that's that's the answer. That's the answer I have to come up with, you know. And, and I thought we have addressed it from last when the Toledo game to this one, and and now obviously you have to readdress everything. And that's my job as head coach. And this 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 is something that that uh, you know I'm going to have to really really evaluate and make sure that we get it fixed. There's a lot of things that we can fix from this game, and so credit to South Florida. They made some big time plays, and I thought they. Um, they were to you know, hang their hat on the run game and then be able to create some shots because of that. And, and we couldn't get off the field early enough. You know, the first half, I think they had 20 plays. And then um, second half, they really took it to us. And so we still had time of possession. We had, ton, we had 89 plays to their 58. We came up with 23 points. And so we had a lot of opportunities in the red zone to score. Came out with, with uh, less than a touchdown, you know. So that's or in a, a field goal attempts. And so that's not going to work. And we talked about scoring more and getting more touchdowns, and, and those things didn't, didn't happen. What are you seeing just as far as the, the fact that you aren't getting to that point mm-hmm. unable to get the ball consistently? And yep, that's what I get paid to do, figure that out. And so that's it, 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 everything's up in the air right now for, for this, and we're too good of a team for us to be having this many issues. Yeah, I thought I thought he showed great poise, you know, and and um, he he has a, a lot of confidence in his ability, and and uh, we've seen him do a lot of things in, in the past year that he's been here, been able to work with uh, a Rod and be able to um, you know be on the same page. I thought he came in and, and looked like he was uh, didn't really miss much of a beat, you know, with with uh, Jaron being out, and so um, you know, just I think wish we'd have had a little bit more of the conversions and would have had more time to win the game. Injuries. Yeah, it's football. You know, we, we talked about depth the entire offseason, and so we're going to test the depth, and we had to test it in this game. We had to test it last week, and we've been able to have, we had to test our depth all, all, all year long. And so the game of football is really physical. Guys get hurt, and uh, we think we've done a good job of developing the young guys and developing our depth, and uh, now we're going to be able to test a lot more of it than, than we even anticipated. Um, don't have a lot more to go off of than he wasn't able to go training room, said he was out. So I, um, probably give you a little bit more details on Monday, but right now it's, I'd be guessing if I told you. Yeah, just some good things. You know, I think he, uh, we, we, we got some sacks. I think he, if we're going to evaluate him, I thought he held on the ball a few times too long, but, um, when I get, you have a guy that can run like that, he creates a lot of, a lot of plays. That's what he did. He created some big time plays and scramble and, I thought he ran the ball really well when we gave him that opportunity. So for the most part, I thought he made good decisions. We just 
I thought we marched down the field. We just got to punch it in. You know, I, I, I don't know all the, the the numbers, but for the last two games, it'd be interesting to see the, the issues that we've had in the red zone or the tight, you know, the twenty-five yard line, thirty-yard line going in. Yeah, I mean, I, I think. Um, you know they bring a lot of pressure. Coach Strong does that a lot to, to try to handle the run. I, th- I thought for the most part our guys, our run game was was showing up and doing some good things. But we also get the ball downfield. We just uh, the drives that were stalled were, you know, some of the mistakes that we made, and a lot of it has to do with whether it's scheme or play calling or or uh, or not not executing. All of it matters. All of it goes into the evaluation part process for me. Yeah, I think he was concerned about the pressure that was coming. I'm not sure. I have to ask him, but you know, we, we, I think he wanted to give us a shot. Like I think uh, two weeks ago, the ball went out of bounds. You know, so this one, I think he wanted to keep it in there, and they made a play. We we just put ourselves in a bad spot. You know, we were up 23 to to 14. So um, hate to blame the guy on the last throw. You know, there's a lot of things that we did along the way on special teams, defense, and offense that didn't didn't allow us to get the win. Yeah, I just told him that this is going to be a real gut check for us, you know, and, and for us to focus on all the details and of everything that we do, you know, um, from classroom and, you know, in, in classroom to off the field to on on the field. And so uh, this is a true test of their character, and I'm looking forward. I told him I had a lot of faith in them and believe in them as a team and believe that, that, that they loved each other and they love this game of football, and we'll, we'll learn from this. You know, this is a... A huge opportunity for us to, when we're facing um, some adversity, to, to respond the right way, and um, the fighters will respond. And I have a lot of great fighters in that room, so we'll be able to respond from this. If Baylor does have a quarterback next week, do you feel confident in him? Do you feel like he's- yeah, I do. And, and um, you, you know, so I, we'll see how Jaron goes. If, if it's uh, Baylor's turn, then, then we'll see Baylor get on the field and. You know, we've got some guys that, that um, may be questionable for next week, and those other guys got to step up. And you know, I think we still have another quarterback in, in uh, Joe Critchell that's out there that's played some some reps as well. So uh, next guy's got to step up and be ready to, to answer the call if their numbers numbers up. There you go, Kalani Satake, and you heard him say right there at the end of it, if it's going to be Baylor Romney being our, our quarterback, so be it. We'll move forward. Uh, expecting to hear more about uh, Jaron Hall's status as the week goes on. All of our practice insider checking on that as much as he possibly can. Also hoping to hear an update from Kalani Satake. But moving down to your third-string quarterback, there are a lot of eerie uh, similarities all of a sudden to 2017 for BYU right now. And let's hope it doesn't snowball like it did in 2017 and maybe it already is, but there are some crazy similarities. BYU got down to their fourth-string quarterback. Of course, that was Joe Critchlow, who is currently the fourth-string quarterback in 2017. I'll extrapolate and expound on that a little bit more as I talk to some people, but I'm noticing a, a feeling, uh, just almost a, a just a, a vibe I'm getting, is that this season, 2019, is kind of trending the same way that 2017 trended 
at least through six games. I'm hopeful in the latter half of the season, BYU can turn it around, and we'll be sure to ask people about it around the program, etc. But it, I'm telling you guys, and I think most of you listening to this podcast know what I'm talking about, there's not a good vibe around this football program, and something's got to give before they lose control of it completely. Like I said just a minute ago, talking about Kalani Satake, he's got to take more ownership of his program because if he doesn't, it could mean the end of his tenure before he wants it to end. Let's put it that way. He'd be going out on somebody else's terms rather than his own. All right, uh, some other thoughts coming up here in just a minute about the other BYU sports teams who are off to great starts this year, absolutely dominating their competition. We'll get to that in just a moment. Before we do that, though, do need to talk to you about one of our great sponsors on the podcast, and that is our great friends over at All Guard Pest Control. They're a local company based right here in Utah County, but also capable of servicing anybody up and down the Wasatch front or even out in the Tooele and Wasatch County areas if you need pest control services. The great thing about All Guard Pest Control, guys, is a lot of you guys, I think, get tired of door-to-door salesmen knocking on your door all summer long, a lot of them bug companies, pest control companies trying to get you to sign a contract. Well, guess what? All Guard Pest Control, they don't believe in that. They're not going to knock on your door, but they do offer two unique services that you can take advantage of if you if you need their services. They offer a quarterly pest control program, which is awesome for people who don't ever want to see a pest and have peace of mind knowing that no creepy crawly thing is going to come crawling out from under a box, etc. during this winter when a lot of creepy crawly things want to get inside your home. But they also take care of you year-round. Like I said, a quarterly pest control program once every three months. But also, if you need a one-time service, they'll bring it out, service you the one time. They're not going to make you sign a contract that requires them to come back out. That is a great thing about what Seth Baird, the owner of All Guard Pest Control, has set up with his company here. They are willing to take whatever you need and make sure it fits your needs. Hopefully that makes sense. They use the safest products in the industry. They're rated for daycares, hospitals, and the like, so you know they'll be safe around your family and your pets. They have awesome online reviews. They are the best of the best when it comes to pest control issues here in Utah. They also are the termite experts in Utah County if you need those services as well. Give Allgard a call, 801-851-1812. Talk to Seth and his team. Let them know that Locked On Cougars and Jay Catch sent you. They'll make sure you are taken care of. They're big time BYU fans and they're suffering just right along with you guys as BYU has struggled two and four to start this football season. Once again, give All Guard Pest Control your services. You give them your money. Let them take care of your pest control needs. 801-851-1812 or go to allguardpestcontrols.com. As we close out today's edition of the podcast, wanted to remind you guys that there are two incredibly stout programs on the BYU campus right now. Actually, there's more than two, but two that were in action this past weekend I wanted to talk about before we go. I know the football program is struggling. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. We've we've expanded upon that a lot on today's podcast. I'm guessing it's going to continue so long as BYU continues to lose, but that's my goal on this podcast. I'm not going to sugarcoat everything for you. If you guys like it, great. I appreciate it. But I'm just going to call it how I see it. It's something I've always done and I will continue to do going forward. But two programs who are just absolutely dominating right now are both the women's soccer and women's volleyball programs. Let's start off at Southfield. BYU got six goals from six players. The number six ranked BYU women's soccer team tallied their ninth shutout of the season against West Coast Conference foe Pacific, winning 6-0 Saturday night at Southfield. Big time win for BYU once again. They continue just to dominate the opposition 
position. They're back in action this coming Friday when they host St. Mary's in WCC action. That'll be kickoff is scheduled for 7 o'clock Mountain Time. It'll have a live broadcast on the WCC network online and of course the BYU Sports Network on the radio side of things will have the call for you there. But a big opportunity for BYU to keep it rolling. They're absolutely crushing everybody in front of them and it's great to see Jennifer Rockwood's team just rolling like they are. And then also on the hardwoods in the Smith Fieldhouse just behind Southfield, the number 9 ranked BYU women's volleyball team pushed their win streak to 10 matches on Saturday. They swept Santa Clara in straight sets, 25-16, 25-12, 25-10, utter domination in a volleyball match as BYU just continues to absolutely crush the WCC in volleyball. They remain at home this week again as they host San Diego, one of their top opponents or top foes in West Coast Conference action. The Toreros are 14-4, and 7-0 on the season. That'll be this coming Friday, October 18th at 7 o'clock Mountain Time. The match will be televised on BYU TV. Should be a big opportunity for BYU to stake claim that, guess what, we are the best in the WCC because we just beat the other team that might have a claim to being the best in the conference. So a big opportunity this coming Friday for both the women's soccer and women's volleyball programs. All right, that'll do it for today's edition of Locked on Cougars. Thanks for joining us. We are available on all major podcast platforms. Please subscribe, rate, and review. Give us those star reviews. They really do help out, help us out getting the word out about the podcast. It's a blast to be with you guys each and every day. We'll be back tomorrow with more from Kalani Satake after his weekly press conference today. We'll also get you all the information that we can collect from our practice insiders and other sources this week as we get you ready for BYU and Boise State this coming Saturday. We'll have it all covered for you. Thanks again for joining us. Follow the show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Locked on Cougars. Follow my personal Twitter feed at Jacob C. Hatch. And of course, if you want to drop the show a note via email, drop us a note at LockedOnBYU at gmail.com. Thanks again for your continued support of the show. We'll catch you guys tomorrow. This has been Locked on Cougars for October 14th, 2019.